You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? I'm speaking with Edie Britt, and I know Edie through an online birding group. What happens with the birding group is that people post sightings of interesting wild birds to the list and the posts get mailed out to all of the subscribers. And this has been a really big help for me in seeing quite a few bird species that I never would have seen before or never even knew would come around here in Michigan. Now I've come to know Edie as she's a frequent poster to the group and I learned that she has several pigeons in her house as pets. Now Linda and I have a pet dove named Howard and we're just crazy about him and I would like to know you know how how pigeons are as pets and and Edie can, can you give me some information Hi, on that how are you? oh good good welcome welcome to the show well, thank you so much for having me I love to talk about my pigeons and I have doves too so we have two little doves um, we call them dovey and dovelet even though they have official names which I can't remember my daughter named them sir Puff a lot, or I can't really quite recall, but they are adorable. What kind of doves are they? Um, <clears throat> collared doves. Okay, that's what Howard is, and yeah. and he's just amazing. He's I Linda and I talked in an earlier show about how we're sort of surprised that doves aren't more popular as as pets because Howard is just so personable. He lands on our heads. He'll eat food out of our hand, and he's, he's kind of smart, too. Our doves are extremely tame. They're very beautiful birds, but in addition to just being pretty to look at, they, I'll give you an example. One of them escaped from their cage while I wasn't home, because I always keep them locked up when I'm not at home, and I came home. I had been gone for hours. I have dogs. I have cats, and he was just sitting on the ground under his cage watching everything happen, and just as relaxed as could be. You know, he wasn't nervous or upset. Uh, just having a good old time. Yeah, that's great. And I, I hear a dove. Not ex- excuse me, not a dove. That must be a I pigeon. Tim, he's my <laughs> pigeon. <laughs> so, how long have you had the doves to start with? Um, the doves I have had about a year and a half. I belong to a group called Free Cycle, and it's um, where people exchange things they no longer need. So these doves had been, and sometimes it's pets, unfortunately. But these doves had been passed around to several different homes, and. I just said, I just can't have this. They need a forever home. So I bit the bullet, and I went and got them. And this is in addition to how many pigeons do you have? Well, currently I have three pigeons. Currently I have three, and I'm hoping that I don't get more. <laughs> well, where did you get them? Well, I'll tell you. Um, let me let me tell you how I got involved with pigeons first, because you might find that interesting. I used to think pigeons were the most disgusting, vile creatures, you know, bug-ridden, growth and as you know I'm a birder and I've fed birds for years and every time I'd feed the birds you know here would be the pigeons gobbling up my my bird seed 
Well, my daughter, this was probably about seven years ago. <clears throat> my daughter, as usual, brought something home. And she said, Mommy, we have to keep them, we have to keep them. She had found two homers who evidently had been on a race, gotten lost, were tired, and they just couldn't fly anymore. They were just that exhausted. So did they have did they have bands on them so you could yeah, tell they, they were racing were pigeons? Um, I tried to locate the owners, and I couldn't, even though it's, it's now I know it's pretty easy to find um, because there aren't that many different groups, really. The American Racing, I don't really know the names, but... There's only a few groups on there, and you can find them online. If you want to find them. If you want to find them. A lot of people don't because, well, sometimes the, the pigeons aren't wanted back at the loft if they don't make it. Although not, not every loft owner is like that. But anyway, so she brought the, these pigeons home. We rehabilitated them, and I cut their bands off with some tin snips, and we released them. <laughs> That's great. So, I mean, and we had them for about a year, and I thought, you know, they're wild. They really want to go home, and you know, now thinking back, I probably would have kept them. So that was my first encounter. Mm-hmm. So I shared that story with a girlfriend of mine who um, is a hunter, and she and her her husband raise pigeons to train their dogs, which I don't agree with, but you know, she's still my friend. And she had a huge loft in her backyard, and. One day she called me and she said, you must take this bird, he's just beautiful. And evidently he had splay leg. And just to explain what that is, he was not able to stand up on his legs. Um, his legs were, were very, very spindly and weak. He was a baby. And so he, as, as a little one, would just as a squeaker, would just spin around. She said, I know that I can't keep him and the other birds will kill him if we try to keep him in the loft. And so that was your first permanent pigeon? That was my first permanent bird. She brought him home. I mean, she brought him over, and I taped his legs up. I taped his legs together for probably five months, actually. Um, and here he is. And can he's, he... St- he's a little crippled, but he doesn't know it. Okay, he can stand up, though, pretty well? He can, one of his legs is up sideways, Bob. Oh. <laughs> but he doesn't really know, you know? He can walk, and he can, he can get around pretty well. He's the king of the house. Oh, boy. Yeah, they're not really shrinking violets, are they? Well, they're absolutely not. His wife is named Maybon, and um, shortly after he grew up and he was all healthy and I had my one pigeon, we came home and I was on the um, on Maybon, which is a Wiccan holiday. <laughs> okay. Daughter, and here was this little pigeon. The, the weather had been fabulous that year, warm. You know, we had a long, beautiful autumn warm and sunny days but it turned really quickly one night and we had freezing rain the temperature dropped to you know below 30 and sitting on my front porch was this baby pigeon and they will come to people for help sometimes won't they yeah so she came in and and they liked each other right away and so that's how you got two of them that's how i got two of them and i should mention right now that Pigeons are one of the three species of wild birds that you can legally keep in the United States. And you can also keep starlings and house sparrows. Well, that's because they're not protected birds. So they have it a little bit rough, but on the other hand, um, they're great pets. Oh, they are. We had a starling for a while. and um, Starlings are incredible talking. and Oh, yeah. They, they, they're a lot of upkeep, I've heard, but... Um, well, we only had Weaver for a while. He got out the door <laughs> the following summer, and it was what he wanted, so so that yeah, was fine. 
But the, the, the story you're telling about the pigeon, that reminds me, uh, it, there's a chapter in my book, Foul Weather, about uh, a pigeon that calls for help or comes for help at our neighbor's house. And she was inside and she heard a tapping at the door and she looked out, you know, the glass of the door and she didn't see anybody there. So she figured she was imagining things. This was in winter. She heard the tapping again and she thought, well, what, is it the wind or what? She got up and opened the door and a pigeon walked into the house. And I, that's not the first time I've heard that, Bob. Yeah. And I she, have quite a few friends that do uh, that rehab pigeons and they do. They will, if they know that you're going to help them, they show up. Yep, she she fed the bird, but she didn't know what to do with it, so uh, she gave the bird to us, and um, we found a little blood on the wing, nothing serious, and we thought maybe, uh, you know, a hawk or something had just knocked the bird down or something. So we kept the bird until the weather got warm, and we wanted to see if she wanted to be free, and she certainly did. She It was kind of cool when we let her go. She flew up to the peak of our barn, and she just sat up there for several hours, just until around sundown, and then she took off. And uh, it was really a nice thing to see. Well, feral pigeons, if they've been raised by feral um, parents, usually do pretty well if they're released, if they can find a flock. But my problem seems to be that I can't let them go. I'm almost kind of like that cat lady <laughs> yeah. that at the corner. I have pigeons. Yeah. Well, how do you like them as pets? They're fabulous pets. I mean, Tim is just, he will come and sit and his, one of his favorite things to do is to watch TV. He loves to, you know, if I, when I let him out, I find him sitting on the sofa. He's in the coziest spot, just laying there, you know, spread out watching TV. <laughs> so um, they, they have free flight of the house or for oh, yeah. certain hours or how does that work? Well, I don't let them fly free unless I'm supervising, but that's because I have cats. I have four cats. Okay, that sounds like us. Yeah, we, we have five cats, and we have birds, too, and that's exactly what we do. The birds all have out-of-cage time, but it's always closely supervised so that they don't get into any kind of trouble. But our cats are actually pretty good with our birds, and I suspect yours are, too. Two of our cats, um, Tim will walk right up to them and wing-slap them, which is <laughs> something that they do to kind of say, get out of my way. Right. Or he'll do this, what he's doing right now, he'll... Tell them kind of I'm, I'm leader of the pack, and they just roll their cat eyes and look at him. Um, the other two are feral cats that don't really pay much attention, but I don't let them free flight when, when, the cat, when those cats are in the room. No, you don't want to push your luck. No, no, I want to keep everything. We all live in harmony here. I'm trying to keep it that way. Um, I was really surprised, Tim and Maybon, one of the things that the people that helped me learn about pigeons had told me is to make sure that as soon as they lay an egg that you take it. In fact, um, I was sent some plastic eggs. So what I do is I replace their eggs with a plastic egg mm -hmm. as soon as they lay it. Otherwise, I'm a sucker and I can't do it. Yeah. Now, we have a, I, I emailed you about this once, and our problem we have with chickens is that there, it, the, certain breeds of hens are worse about this, is once they're on a nest they will just sit and sit and sit and sit. And you can take their eggs and you can put, you know, a plastic egg or something in the in its place, but it doesn't solve the problem because it just keeps them sitting and they will even stop eating. But I take it that this isn't the same problem with pigeons, right? Well, what happens if the egg doesn't hatch after about 18 days? Um, they forget, they, they give it up. There's one of my doves. 
she's a little upset that I haven't given her lunch yet. Oh, okay. I, I, rec- <laughs> I recognize the uh, ring-necked dove. She's calling out a warning. She says, get that lunch over here. Oh, I hear her. And, and the other one says, relax, it's okay. But they won't sit, uh, when you talk about 18 days, but they will get up off the nest and eat, won't they? Oh, they take turns. Tim is actually, one of the problems I've had with them is that when they are nesting, um, Tim is an excellent father, and they will fight each other to see who gets to sit on the nest. Unfortunately, I've had a couple of babies hatch. I guess it was fortunately they were just so adorable, Bob. Mm-hmm. But the first time, it was Easter morning, I woke up, and I thought I had replaced the eggs, and I hadn't. And sure enough, there were two babies. Really? Um, and they just fought to see who was going to feed the babies, who was going to take care of the babies, and you know, clean the babies, and it's just adorable to watch, really. Not that I'm advocating, you know, increasing the amount of pigeons we have, because there's billions out there. How did the but, babies do? Oh, they're, they were excellent. They're actually, um, Bunny and Squee are now living in Florida. Oh, so okay. I, I mean, we kept them for a while, but I thought, oh boy, I've got too many pigeons. And I have a friend who's a rehabber in Florida, and she has an amazingly beautiful loft outside, of course, because it's Florida. And that's where they are. Yeah, I envy people sometimes in those warmer climates that they can have places for their birds to be outside. Well, you'd envy this loft. I think you might want it for your own. They put so much time and money into it. It looks pretty cozy. It, it's nicer than some people's homes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, nice. we're going to take a quick break now because there's a chance that our show might have a sponsor. And, okay, great. and if we do, I'm going to take a break I right now. So. Okay, for uh, the sponsor's message, and we'll be right back talking to Edie Britt. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, we're back with Edie Britt, and we've been talking about her pet pigeons, and you have told me about a couple of them. Uh, you have a third bird, too, right? I have another pigeon, and his name is Beaky. Her name, pardon me, is Beaky. Um, the list that we're on, somebody from the list told somebody else that I rehabilitate pigeons, and last year, I think it might have been around this time, um, I was privileged to become the owner of Beaky. They brought me this tiny little baby. She wasn't able to eat, um, and her parents, she had fallen into a parking garage onto the floor, and pretty unsafe spot for a pigeon baby, for a pigeon period, but, you know, they couldn't get her back up to the nest, so they brought her to me. So we raised her. Now, baby pigeons uh, are not that easy to feed, are they? Actually, you have, they're not like other birds. Um, you have to put the, the it, other birds, the mother opens the beak, and the baby puts their beak um or wait a minute, with pigeons, the, the, the parent has to put their beak inside the baby's beak. And it, with other birds, it's the other way around. Yeah, we, we just did a show last week, uh, Linda and I, or a couple weeks ago, talking about raising starlings and about how you just can't miss the mouths. You're not going to have any trouble getting them to open their mouths. But um, pigeons, you don't, uh, the the parents feed them sort of what they call milk, isn't that right? Pigeon milk. And what we do to make pigeon milk is you take seed and you soak it. First of all, you can use Katie formula, of course. And um, when they get a little bit older, you, you, you mix that with soaked seed. But you take a Katie formula for a very tiny pigeon. You make a big kind of a mushy porridge-type substance. And the best way to do it, Bob, is to take a sock or um, a rubber glove or something else that you can poke a hole into. I've even heard people suggest a, a very small paper cup, like a Dixie cup, a little big. Well, it ha what you have to do is you have to fill the sock up and then you poke a hole and you have to encourage the baby. I actually use um, a syringe, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. It makes sense to me. But, but the syringe, it, we don't put the syringe down the baby's mouth. The baby has to think that that's the mother, mm -hmm. and you gently put their beak inside the syringe, and then you push it while they're eating. Oh, that's right. That they suck the food in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's very are, interesting. Are, are, pigeons and doves, as you probably know, are the only birds that actually drink water like they're sipping a straw. So their water has to be at least an inch deep for them to to have water, and they do. The babies are kind of hard to raise, but yeah, they don't drink like other birds, where you see them uh, take some water in their beak and then throw their head back and and drink it. No, they they have their own built-in straws. Now you have other birds too. Well, we've had other birds. We had, uh, you know, as I told you, Bunny and Squee, who mm -hmm. were two babies raised by Tim and Maybon. And then, surprise, surprise, on my daughter's birthday a year and a half ago, um, two more babies were accidentally born. Now, this is kind of a funny story because I, um, we had kept Bunny and Squee, and we had Tim and Maybon, and I took one of the eggs out, and I was going to switch it, and my daughter said, oh, give one to the girls, because Bunny and Squee were both girls, and they, 
thought that they were a mated pair and they, you know, loved each other and did all the things birds do, snuggled and cuddled. So we, I gave them an egg and I didn't remember that, you know, they were still incubating the eggs. So they had a baby and Tim and Mabon raised a baby. Oh. So they were siblings, but they didn't know it. And those were Sunshine and Luna, who are currently residing in sunny California. Oh, good for them. Aren't they lucky? Yes, they are. It's gorgeous <laughs> there, and they have a beautiful home. Now, do you want to talk a little bit about what you do for a living? Because I think, I think it's pretty unusual. Well, I'm a spiritual advisor, which translates to I'm a medium. I do psychic readings. I do medium readings. Now, how long have you been doing this? I've been doing that all of my life, but um, full-time since 1999. There used to be a show on Animal Planet called The Pet Psychic. Did you ever see that show? I actually have seen that show. And I'll tell you that um, my work has really helped me. I, in my, my belief is that my work has really helped me as far as raising these birds because, you know, knowing what they need, knowing how much to feed them. Um, my daughter, I mean, there's been countless other pigeons, by the way, that we don't even have enough time to talk about that my daughter has dragged home that have just been so close to death and um, knowing kind of how to treat them I believe it's been part of what I, you know, it's kind of worked for me mm-hmm. to help heal these birds and, mm-hmm. and bring them to health. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting job. So do you think that you, was there a certain time in your life when you figured that you had a certain gift and so that's how you, you followed it? Well, actually, Bob, I didn't know that other people didn't have that until I was in high school. Really? So I just assumed everybody you know, had these feelings and thoughts and this knowledge that that I have. And when I reached high school, um, because I was raised in a home where that was kind of, you know, accepted and not, you know, there was no question about what it was or, you know, where (laughs) do other people have it. And I realized at that point that other people, we were really quiet about it. You know, we didn't speak about it. And I just assumed that other people were not speaking about it either. You know, it was a very private thing, kind of like some people don't speak about their religion or other things. And when I was in high school, I finally realized, oh, uh-huh, this is just, this isn't everybody. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so how has that helped you with, with your animals? Oh, it really has. I mean, I can tell when they're hungry. I can tell when they're upset. I know when they're nervous. I can be on the, in the other room or upstairs or away from home, and I'll just know something is going on, you know. Um, so it's definitely helped me that way. Um, one of the things that's kind of interesting is I've had so many pets over the years and, you know, some of them are still around. I mean, once in a while I'll see my kitty that I had for 23 years kind of, you know, meandering about. and That's a long-lived cat. <laughs> she was long-lived. But I, I really think it's because intuitively I kind of knew. I was told to put her down that she had feline leukemia and da 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 And I said, okay, and I took her home. And I, I just sat with her every day and, you know, did little things that I thought she needed, and she lived to 23. Well, you know, there's a lot of times when I'm doing some procedure for one of our animals. Uh, like, we have a cat now who's 17, and uh, I have to give her two medications three times a day. And <laughs> she was struggling yesterday, and I said, Mooby, I'm trying to save your life. And I, I was thinking to myself, you know, I wish... I wish I could just tell her 
more or less what I was doing or at least make her understand that this is something that I'm, I'm doing to help her. And I'm wondering if you Absolutely. find... I have a dog that has a seizure disorder and she's had it for years and she comes to me for her medication. Wow. So, and after she has a seizure, she'll, she seeks me out and we sit together and we do a few things so that they end. Um, and my vet has even said, you know, nobody else would have this dog because she starts going into these cluster seizures where she'll have five or six at a time and we're able to cut it off right away. Wow. So, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, this pet magician, but uh, knowing kind of how they feel or what they need or that they're, I can tell when before she's going to have a seizure. You know how they have those dogs that sense people yeah. <laughs> that are having seizures. I can tell before my dog is going to have one, and we kind of, I kind of prepare for it. And yeah. oh, that's amazing! That's very helpful. And with the pigeons, it's the same thing. I mean, I can tell. You know, I almost can tell what they're thinking, and it's scared because these birds are incredibly smart. Oh, they are. I used to think of pigeons, Bob. I thought, oh, these dumb, dirty things flying around. You know. And they're really not. What I thought was really cool about our dove, Howard, is one day, just sort of for fun, he he was out and he was um, sitting on our lamp in the dining room. And I just said to him, now, Howard, go back to your cage. And he did it. He understood me. Now, that doesn't mean Howard's going to go back to his cage every time I tell them that because he's he's a stubborn creature. Well, that's that's part own, of his charm. He has his own mind. Well, yeah, Maybe but he's not ready to go back to. That's his right. Cage. But he knew what that meant, and you know, just as surely as our parrots. I think people just expect parrots to be smart. At least anyone who's spent any time around them. But I was surprised that a, a dove would know what words meant like that, and he definitely does because I've done it before. And you probably found they are very aware of our language. Tim will come when called. Um, they they understand so many different commands. They're like little dogs, but you know I know most people don't see them that way. But it's just a, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, there's you know? a great great prejudice against pigeons and against starlings, and I guess against house sparrows too. It's funny. It's it's the three what they consider invasive species, although it sounds ridiculous to me because some of these birds have been here since, what, the 1840s? Well, and pigeons really have have just been um, incredibly wonderful birds. I mean, they served us in World War II. They've served um, man for so many centuries, really, doing so many various jobs. And I, I know people just have that kind of respect that we used to have for them. I mean, when you see the dove with the laurel leaf, that's probably a pigeon, you know, a white pigeon. The ones that are released at weddings are actually white pigeons. Yeah, I don't really like that. Well, you know, it, they're homers. Most of them go home. Right. But some don't. It seems to me a little bit of a dangerous thing to do is to... I wouldn't do it, Bob, personally, because some will get lost. Yeah, and you don't want to do that to one of your animals. That you know, you, I think if you keep animals, you have an obligation to protect those animals. And I don't see releasing them for a wedding and maybe 1%, 2% won't make it home each time. I don't see that as a very, very responsible thing to do. Well, I'm not really for pigeon racing. Although I know it brings in millions of dollars and, and people, you know, do raise them because so many, it's like horse racing. There's so many birds that are called, you know, to find that perfect bird. Um, but on the other hand, I wonder, you know, where the species would be if people weren't really keeping it going or if some people weren't advocating it. So 
I'm I'm kind of mixed on it. I don't like it, but I understand that sometimes that has to be. Yep. Yep. Well, I hear your I hear your collar dove in the background calling to you. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a hungry dove. So I want to thank you so much for talking to me today, Edie. Um, well, it's been my pleasure. Oh, I, I, you know, I've enjoyed seeing your postings. On, uh, the, the name of the group is birders at umich.edu. I don't know if it's going to help anybody for me to uh, mention that because uh, it's a subscription list. But anyway, it, it's from the Ann Arbor area. And I've emailed Edie quite a few times, too. And it's just so great to talk to you after all this time. Well, Bob, if anyone is interested in taking a look at my pigeons, yeah, you have a website. They can visit my website, edibrit.com. It's E-D-I-E-B-R-I-T-T.com. And I know that that's the same name as Desperate Housewives, but that is really my name. Um, yeah, they're, they're calling me, so I better scoot. Okay, thanks, thanks. again for having me. Thanks so much, Edie. I'll talk to you later. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. It is... January 1st, 2008, and I would like to wish a Happy New Year to all of my listeners. And, of course, thanks to Edie Britt for being on the show. Uh, I'm outside on this uh, splendid Michigan afternoon, and you can probably hear the geese in the background. You'll hear them louder in a minute because I'm about to feed them. Uh, I give them a treat every afternoon about this time. Um, if you would like to possibly be a guest on What Were You Thinking, it's very easy. All you have to do is send an email to bob at petliferadio.com. That's bob at petliferadio.com. So let's see if the geese are very hungry today, and I have a feeling that they might be. Oh, yeah, I can hear them. Okay, well, that that was pretty loud, but that's nothing compared to what you're going to hear in a minute when I go into the barn. I am uh, slogging through snow right now. There's, oh, about uh, four or five inches on the ground, which isn't too bad. I want to remind everybody that you can go to my website, www.bobtart.com. That's B-O-B-T-A-R-T-E dot com. And you will find information on both of my books about our pets, Enslaved by Ducks and Foul Weather. Enslaved by Ducks is about how, oh, in about 10 years' time, I went from living a blissful, pet-free existence to living with, oh, I think uh, about two dozen pets. My latest book, Foul Weather, goes a little deeper into the chaos of keeping animals. And uh, I think there's about 39 animals in foul weather. And if I'm not mistaken, we're up to about 50 right now. Most of them outdoor birds. And speaking of outdoor birds, uh, I want to thank our producer, who may or may not be an outdoor bird. And uh, thank everybody for listening. And I'm about to open the barn door. And the quiet that you are hearing will be a thing of the past as I come in here to give treats to the animals. Deceptively quiet, but uh, I think it's about to pick up. So, um, goodbye everybody, and uh, thank you for listening.
thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.